Hey, everybody. Sure is wonderful to see everyone the last couple of weeks. And then this weekend, all three gatherings live. Thank you for being with us. Hey, would you join with me in thanking the worship team uh, today? Just doing a wonderful, wonderful job. We do have man camp coming up. It is a huge highlight when it comes to the men. If you've never been, that's exactly why you should go. I've got my camp uh, hoodie on today. Uh, thank you, Matthew. And it's even got the coordinates on the, on the side. And it's Father's Day weekend prior to it on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And you can register now, men. What's very special about this year is that it's, it's called the blessing because men can bring their sons. And uh, we're going to be praying all the message will be toward that, and we're going to be praying over the sons, men passing down the Father's blessing to the sons. And so make sure that you get signed up for that uh, if you haven't done that yet. Uh, why does, Zach, you with me? Why does, why does golfers wear two pair of pants? In case they get a hole in one. Hey, man, it's funnier than that. Come on. Jeez, loosen up a little bit. Don't be social distancing my joke, man. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that your word brings transformation power. And just ask that you would speak to every one of us, God. You know what I'm preaching on and preaching toward. And I pray, God, that you would do something in each one of our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. And we say, have your way. Move in a beautiful fashion. Let your word just now change minds, change hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. We're in a series called right now, You Asked For It, and uh, that's, that's what it's about. And you asked for uh, us to address the area of bitterness. Will you say that with me, bitterness? It's good to see Benaya and Sorela all the way from Honduras. Oh. Would you stand up for a moment? They have, moved, they have moved back here to be in America. And so wonderful to have you. God bless you guys. Glad you're with us. Bitterness. I want to talk to you about that today because it's, it's kind of unique how a person can get radically touched by God, born again, saved, and all of a sudden, you know, instead of getting better in life, they get bitter. The name of this the sermon is called Sour Patch Kids. And you can imagine why it's called Sour Patch Kids. Anybody ever ate a Sour Patch before? What's it do to your face? Mm, right? And so all of a sudden, a person gets born again, radically saved by Jesus Christ. You think everybody's going to get better, but then all of a sudden you run into somebody that's known Jesus Christ for 70 years. Instead of better, they're bitter. Henri, angry. Look like they've been chewing on lemon skins. You know what I'm saying? And so how does that happen? Well, it can happen very easily if you don't follow uh, the teachings of Jesus Christ and what God teaches us in through the word, through his scriptures. I want to start with Hebrews 12, 12 through 15 today. It says this, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down, feeble knees, and make straight paths your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. I, I'm going to get back to that scripture in just a minute, but I want to ask you this. I've noticed that through COVID, 
I tell you what, back in the day whenever I was in college, used to be, uh, work for a company that we laid water line. And they were about 20 foot pieces of three or four inch, sometimes bigger, if I'm not mistaken, even six inch water line. And we, we ran miles of it. You pop these big tubes in, lay it in the ground like 36 or 4 feet deep in the ground and uh, at the end or at some point what they would do is they would put all the water line under pressure to see if there was any leaks because you wanted to find the leaks then and what I've noticed that during this time of COVID uh, a lot of marriages have been over that under that pressure or individuals or uh, raising kids or small businesses. And, and I just want to encourage you, this has nothing really to do with my message today. This is for free. But instead of burying it and, and kind of ignoring it, you should allow God to deal with that. You don't want drip, drippy sewage running in your basement. Amen? Can you imagine? It's, just, it's only a little bit of sewage, J.O. Just a little drip in there. But people walk into your house and you're like, why is it stinking this place? Well, I got just a little drip, just a little drip. Well, God wants you to deal with the drips in your life, all the leaks in your life, because pressure is what will show weaknesses in our life. And I tell you what, it's, it's wonderful for you to go ahead and, God, show, you've surfaced this. Help us to deal with these leaks. Help us to deal with these integrity issues or whatever it may be going on in your life. Now, let's read on. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without no one will see the Lord looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God listen to this one this is real important here least any root of bitterness will you say those three words with me root of bitterness how many of you know that you don't always see roots that hold a tree or a plant or what have you but that we know they're there and you have roots and you don't want roots of bitterness in your life. We're going to talk about that today. If you have a root of bitterness, I want to tell you right now, you want to change out the root because if you change the root, you'll change the fruit in your life. It goes on to say, least any root of bitterness springing up, look what it does, it causes trouble. And by this, look, many become defiled. Many become. So all of a sudden, your bitterness, your root of bitterness, Instead of you being just a sour patch kid, you now raise a sour batch of kids. There's all kinds of people around you being defiled by you because of the root of bitterness. Now, that doesn't have to happen. That's why I'm preaching today, because we're going to take care of bitterness today. And everybody said, amen. amen. We're going to talk about that because God doesn't want you to be in bondage to bitterness. There was uh, two brothers in Genesis named uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob was always wanting to be first. I mean, the brother come out of the womb grabbing his, his brother by the foot because he wanted to be firstborn, and throughout his life now, later on, Isaac, his dad, is almost blind, and he tells his son Esau to go out and kill some, some game and make some savory food for him, and Jake, well, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, hears it, and, you know, Rebecca's for Jacob when it comes down to it. Jacob, come on, you go get some goats. I'm going to make this up for you. You're going to go in and act like you're Esau, and that, that all took place, 
And, you know, Isaac was like, wow, you kind of feel like Esau and smell like Esau, but you have the voice of Jacob. But he goes ahead and he blesses Jacob. Why? Because of the firstborn blessing, right? He gets the blessing. It wasn't like a thousand blessings. There's a blessing for the firstborn, and it should have been Esau's. Esau comes back with the deer, whatever he killed, and, 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 and Isaac's like, who are you? Well, I'm your son Esau who you sent out to kill. And all of a sudden, Esau realizes what had happened, and Jacob had stole his, 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 his rightful blessing, right? And man, Esau gets upset. He's angry, he's bitter, and guess what? He wants to murder his brother, right? So an offense, he has an offense against his brother, but this goes on for years, probably at least 14 years it goes on. I don't know how to what degree it goes on. They get restored, but during this time, an offense that, that took place right there, it became a lifestyle, I think, of Esau of living an offended life because if you go back to the, the bowl of stew that he made and his birthright and on, it's a beautiful story, but you don't want to allow an offense to come into your life that creates you, an individual, to be an offended life, uh, an offended human being walking around because it creates bitterness in our lives. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I, want, I thought this was really cool by Stephen Furtick. He says, an offense is an event, but offended is a decision. An offense is an event, but offended is a decision. So all of a sudden, Esau... If you follow it, you need to read the whole story. If you follow it, his life becomes a life, not just a, an event of an offense, but he becomes offended. And then he's mad and angry and wants to kill his brother. You don't want an offense to become the way that you live your life. All of a sudden, people run into you like, dude, I like you, but you know, something's wrong with you, man. Something's, you're, 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 side, something, you're jacked up because inside you've not dealt with offenses. Well, I want to tell you right now, where do you think bitterness comes from? Bitterness comes from undealt offenses. Listen to what Jesus says, code red, Matthew 18, 7. It says, woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses, look, must come. So you're going to have offenses in your life. You're going to offend Unless you're in a closet and I just feed you crackers underneath the, of the uh, you know, of, in, in the bottom of the, of the door or something, you're going to offend people, right? Jesus said offenses must come. So it's how we deal with them that's so important. He goes on to say, but woe to the man by whom the offenses come. Uh, that offense is right there. We've talked about it before. The word in the Greek is scandal, scandalon. Okay, there's a scandal, there's a scandal on in your life, and it, it represents a little, a little sapling tree that has like a rope tied to it in order to capture a little animal. Like for, all of a sudden you pull down a little tree, put a little, a little rope on it, and put some bait in there to catch a squirrel or a rabbit. Well, it's not a squirrel or a rabbit that gets caught. It's you or I that gets caught because the devil wants to snare you. He wants to turn you upside down, feet in the air, keep you in bondage. How, J.O.? Through offenses, through scandal, on, through a scandal, 
I want to read a story about, I think it's one of the most remarkable stories in the Bible. The woman's not even Jewish, and you'll see the whole story. But it's amazing that she has many, many opportunities to get offended. But she chooses not to. And because she doesn't get offended, she says a miracle in her life. If you'll turn with me to Matthew 15, 21 through 28, we're going to read about this lady who has this encounter with Jesus and the disciples, how she chose not to be offended and the power that comes along with that. And it says this in Matthew 15, 21 through 28, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon and behold, a woman of Canaan, she's not a Jewish lady, it says, came uh, from the region and cried out to him, She's crying out to him for a reason, saying, have mercy on me. Have mercy upon me, O son of David. Why is she crying out? Because her daughter is demon-possessed. Look what it says. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Look what takes place. But he answered her not a word. Think about that for a minute. It's easy to all set up in the church right here and just like get all religions and go, well, what's wrong with that? Well, Jesus has the power to set anybody free. She is crying out to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't say a word to her. I want to let you know right now, that could be offensive. Just, just, just somebody call my name. Just somebody say, J.O. No. No. And I just ignore you. You'd be like, oh, we need to get on Google right now, get him a review, a review because that guy's a jerk. Right? Right? You could e I could easily offend you if I just ignore you. Right? I want you to see what Jesus did because it's absolutely beautiful. More so what she did. And it goes on to say, and his disciples came to him, urged him, saying, send her away for she cries out after us this woman's driving them crazy I, that's the way i view it she's like crying out have mercy upon me have mercy upon me and the disciples like do something with her jesus right and it goes on to say but he answered and said listen i was not sent except to the lost sheep of israel wow goes from not speaking a word to kind of just saying I'm not here for you. I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. Can somebody say, prejudice? I know that Jesus is not prejudiced, but people play that card in a, in a heartbeat. It's like, wow, he didn't talk to me, and now he's telling me he's not there for me. I mean, this, could, this is an edgy story right here, right? Are you feeling me? I'm just reading the Bible. It goes on to say, but he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of Israel. Once again, that could be taken in such a way that she could be easily, easily offended. Then she came, look, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, L -l -l this story is pretty remarkable, I'm just saying it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Is anybody reading between the lines here other than me? Little dogs. Look it up in the Greek. You know what little dogs mean? Little dogs. You should look it up, straight up. I've looked it up. 
it means little dogs. So you don't talk to me. And Jesus never sinned, so I know he never sinned. He's perfect, he's God, he's got it all together, he's awesome, I love him. We see this story, it's different. You, 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 you don't talk, and then it looks like you didn't come for my, my type at this point, at that moment, and now you don't, it, you, a little dog, just a little dog. Man, he's, she's got all kind of opportunity to be offended. But what's amazing about this lady that she chooses not to be offended. You know what's better for you than forgiving someone? Never to get offended. Come on, Dusty. Not to get offended. Shake it off. Get over it. Because if you walk around just always looking to be offended, believe me, you don't have to look long. All you got to do is hang out with me a little while, you'll get offended. Seriously, just ask my wife. It's very easy. I used to say all the time, come to Heart of the City Church and get offended. I did, because if you come and you're a real family here, you're going to get offended. So you've got to learn as a believer to deal with offenses. Then Jesus answered her and said to her, let me back up for a minute. And she said, yet, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. I'm like, wow, come on, woman. And Jesus is like, wow, come on, look. And he says, then Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great, not a Jew, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Her daughter was healed that very hour. Bam! Now, if she'd have got all bent out of shape the first time, oh, you didn't talk to me? Who you think you are? I'm just going to leave. Like, you're going to hurt Jesus or something? You just hurt yourself because you all stinking insecure and got offended. Right? But she stuck with it. She went through three areas that she could have got offended, and she got a miracle for her daughter. The best thing to do is choose not to be offended. Maybe you've been offended at church before. This is, what, this is what is remarkable as a pastor who's been around for a long time. This is what you'll hear. I'm just offended with church. You're offended with the body of Christ, God's bride, his woman. You're offended. What does that mean? You're offended with the big C church or, you know, typically, you know what it is? They're offended with a person. They're offended. All J.O. walked right by me one day and he didn't even talk to me. And he did, they didn't know I was about to pee down my leg. <laughs> right? Or whatever it could be. Whatever it may be. I may have a thousand things on my... Is that too much information? <laughs> I'm just saying. All of a sudden, you don't know what that person's going through. They may be putting out five fires. They may be trying to not have five other offenses and they walk by. Whatever it is. You just don't know. But all of a sudden, you're offended at the church. No, you're offended at someone, probably in leadership, that you should talk with or forgive and get over it, right? Right, you with me? It may be your dad that you're offended with, someone that you love, someone that's hurt you, an uncle or cousin, a sister, a sibling, a, a co- whatever it is, I want to let you know the best thing that you can do is choose not to be offended. But if you get offended, we're going to talk about how to take care of offenses 
There was, I, I want you to, to listen to the story of Saul and David and listen to how Saul responded, an offended man, compared to how David uh, responded. David was a giant slayer. He shows up in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, and he slays a giant that is bringing shame to the nation of Israel. I mean, he just shows and wept. Five rocks takes out jungle breath Goliath, right? And then all of a sudden, just, just listen to this, what he does for King Saul. And then you go into the next chapter, 1 uh, Samuel 18. Lots of things are going on in chapter 18. Listen to this. He's Jonathan's best friend, Saul's son. Are you following me? Okay. He plays music for Saul, and a distressing spirit leaves him. Leaves him. He marries two of Saul's daughters. Not wives, daughters. Are you with me? Are you following? You don't do that today, but you did back in the day. And so all this is how, this is who this guy is. He's anointed earlier to be uh, the king of Israel. And you're thinking, you would think Saul is really close to David and down with David and so forth and so on. But Saul is offended. You know what else happens in chapter 18, 1 Samuel 18? The women start singing and dancing. Saul slains thousands. David slains tens of thousands. I don't know how they did it. I don't know what it looked like. See, you're offended at my dancing. You need to get over it. I don't know what they looked like, but they did something. They sang and they danced, and you're, you think it's cute. And Saul didn't think it was cute. He got mad. He was angry. He was offended. And those times, at least two times when David would play music and, and the distressing spirit would leave Saul, you know what Saul did twice? He threw a spear at David. Why? Because he's a bitter old king, full of fear, full of revenge, full of hatred. He loses his mind. The guy's mad. And now David's fleeing for his life. Now listen, all, married to two of his daughters, best friend with his son Jonathan. Come on, he has the ability to, to cast a distressing spirit away from him. He slays the giant. And all these things David did for the nation of Israel and for the king. And now the, the king is chasing David down. 3,000 chosen men of Saul is chasing David down. David and his men in, are in the recesses of the cave and there's Saul and his men David's men says <laughs> yeah, this is your moment you can take him out King Saul goes to relieve himself doing, I'm, I'm thinking he's using the bathroom he's relieving himself David, he's a warrior man David's a stud, he's a warrior he sneaks up on him and he cuts off the very end of Saul's robe sneaks away could have Saul but he didn't he just takes a little bit of his robe 
David feels terrible about it. Because David's sensitive. David's a man after God's own heart. He's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And though his men say, take him out, David wouldn't do it. And now David has the, the end of his robe. And it's like he's probably standing maybe on top of a, a hillside or a mountainside and, and Saul's out there with his men. He's, you know, he, he's in good distance. He's in good social distance and not to get killed. But he gets Saul's attention. Saul, you know, I could have took you out. I could have slayed you, but that's not what's in my heart. That, that evil's not in my heart. That's not what I want to do, Saul. And then all of a sudden, because David chose not to be offended and not to be angry and to be walking in forgiveness, look at the impact that it has on Saul. I'm just going to read how Saul responds. Listen to this. So it was, when David had finished speaking these words to Saul, that Saul said, is that is this your voice, my son, David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, you're more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good, whereas I rewarded you with evil. You have shown this day how you have dealt with me, for when the Lord delivered you into my hand, you did not kill me. David walked in honor, humble. David walked in forgiveness. He chose not to live an offend life. Quite opposite Saul. Oh, you slain tens of thousands? Well, I'm going to slay you. And he just lived fearful, revenge, offended. And it destroyed his life. And it destroyed his kingdom. The kingdom was yanked out of his life. And it was given to this guy, a man after God's own heart. David, see, David was a man after God's own heart. Saul was almost a man after God's own heart, but he wasn't. And I think it had a lot to do with all these different things that I'm talking about today. T.D. Jake says, if you're going to do great things, first of all, let me just ask you, how many of you, you truly would like to do great things in life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Please, please, don't. Just don't even sit there like this right here. Gosh, why, do you, why are you sucking air? Come on. We're born for greatness, right? If you want to do great things in life, you're going to create great offenses. There is no way around it. There's a bullseye on you. You're either going to create an offense or you're going to have opportunities to be offended. Let me give you an example. There's people right now that's not down with me at all because we chose to do social distancing in the sanctuary. But then there's other people that have been so blessed because they have, uh, you know, immune system situations in their life and they're, 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 they're so blessed blessed because we're trying to look out for the safety and the health of people but other people are like what? you can't please people i'm just being honest believe me if you if you listen if you are going to do great things in your life i want to let you know that you have a bullseye on you either to create an offense or to you know you're going to either going to you're, you're either going to create an offense or you're going to easily be offended. There's a bullseye on you if you're going to have greatness in your life. 
what will you do with offenses? Will you be that old lemon-sucking individual that has a prune on their face, all pruned-up face, bitter, sour patch kid, affecting a lot of others, creating a sour batch, or will you deal with offenses? Well, I can tell you right now, God wants us to deal with offenses. When I managed a gym, I didn't deal with a lot of offenses. You know, when I worked construction, I didn't deal with a lot of offenses. Then all of a sudden, you get in full-time ministry. All of a sudden, you're going to church plant. All of a sudden, you're going to lead pastor. All of a sudden, you're like, wow. Either I'm offending somebody or getting offended, and I have to choose constantly to deal with offenses right because I don't want to be bitter. If you walk around bitter, you know what? You're going to stop growing because it means that you can't handle the weight. You can't handle the weight that God wants to take you to because all you're going to do is just bitter all up. This is as far as I'm going right here. I'm not growing any further. I'm not going to mature any longer. But if you learn to deal with it, guess what? You're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to get strong. You're going to be able to take on the weight. Come on, somebody. Who, who are you offended with today? Who are you offended with? Let me show you how to stop bitterness in the steps. Matthew 18, 21, 22. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? You know the scripture. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but I say to you seven times, 70. That means, Bo, if you offend me, guess what? I'm going to forgive you. I don't care what you do. I'm going I'm, I'm to forgive because I don't want to walk poisonous. I don't want to raise up sour, a whole sour batch of people. I don't want to defile people. I don't want to deal with the root of bitterness, right? I've had opportunities in my life to be very, very bitter. In 1982, I went to a wreck, and it was my sister. And she was laying, when I got there, she was laying by the road in the grass, three months pregnant, dead. My uncle found me at my mom and dad's grave. Months later, I was in a bar. This is before BC days. I'm in a bar called Rascals on a Tuesday night, ladies' night. Sitting in, sitting in the bar with a bunch of people, and all of a sudden this couple comes in. They want to sit at our table. We're like, sure, we don't care. Sit down at the table. He comes in kind of crippled. She won't shut up. She just keeps talking. I don't mean to be disrespectful. She was a talker, man. And it came up that he was the one that had killed my sister. Um, I got locked up that night. I just kind of lost my mind. And a couple weeks later, it happened again in the same place. This time they took me downtown. Praise God, I didn't get locked up. My friends got me before they threw me behind jail. Then in 86, I get born again. One of the first things the Holy Spirit begins to deal with me about is this dude. <laughs> Very first, I was like, I'm like, I don't want to, he created lots of pain in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to show mercy to this guy. I'm like, tooth for tooth, man. 
eye for an eye. It's in the Bible, right? And I had to forgive him. There's a scripture that's very, very powerful in the Bible. Jesus taught it in Matthew 5. And it says this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What does that mercy mean? Compassion. Grace. Man, I, I had to forgive this dude. And you know what? And I'm so glad that I did. I forgave him. I have nothing against this guy. I've completely, I've showed compassion. Yeah, he was on drugs, and yeah, he was out of his mind, and yeah, he was doing exceeding 90 miles an hour, and did he deserve it? No. But did I I deserve, deserve the grace that God has shown me? I deserved hell. But God, out of his compassion and his mercy and his grace, he extended that mercy and grace to me. And do I not want to show that mercy and grace to others? Let's say that mercy is a dam. Let's just say it's a dam. I, I want you to see this mercy dam today. It's not, it's not going to be a picture of, I think it's going to be up there. Uh, can you show my dam, please? You mind showing my dam? There you go. Let's, everyone say that's a mercy dam. So you have the opportunity to shut the water off. You can shut mercy off. Or you can open the gates. It's a choice. If you shut mercy off, guess what? You're not going to get mercy. You get shut off. But if you open up the gates, I'm going to tell you right now today, when you forgive, healing waters flow. When you choose not to forgive, health goes out the stinking door. Physical health, emotional health, mental health, relationally, Believe me, my first, my sister got killed in August. I went to college at the end of August or September. You know how, about, about how long I lasted in college? I got, kicked out the, I got kicked out for 10 days, went back, and then got booted out probably the rest of my life. I've never to go back. Boot me out. Gone. Why? Because I was angry. I, I, I was a drunk. I was sideways. Unforgiveness was impacting my life and it was affecting those around me. I want to encourage you today when it comes to your dam, your mercy dam, you know what you should do? You should open it up. You know how you open up? Let it go. Tell your neighbor right there, let it go. Come on, no, 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 tell him, let it go. You sitting there mad at your parents right now. You need to let it go. You sit there mad at somebody angry bitter come on you need to come on tell your neighbor right now let it go you need to let it go and guess what healing waters of the holy spirit his mercy floods the bible says repent therefore times of refreshing come from the presence of the lord all of a sudden you're like man i I just let it go lord is it hard yeah you know what i did with that dude that hit my sister i'd be like seriously I'd be like, I forgive him, 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 I forgive him. I don't feel like I forgive him, I forgive him. And you know what? I used to forgive, and God met me in that. How do you forgive? Just like I was doing. You want to forgive from your heart, but I guarantee you, it begins with your mouth. 
It begins with your mouth. It comes out of you, just like God created everything with his mouth. Just like you're born again. Confess, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. It begins with your mouth and it will impact your heart. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, wow, I really forgave them. I really forgave them. We stand to your feet. In every gathering, this is the third gathering, I've asked people, is there areas of your life that you need to forgive? Is there areas of your life that bitterness is sneaking in? Does someone come to your mind? And I want to pray for you right now. If everybody here other than me, would you bow your head and shut your eyes? I'm going to be the only one looking for a moment if everyone would honor that. If you're dealing with this bitterness thing, unforgiveness thing, this is all I want you to simply do. I want you to raise your hand and then put it up on your heart. Would you do that wherever you are? Raise your hand and put it up on your heart. Because I want to pray for you today. We're going to pray together. Put it on your heart. No one else needs to see it. And then if you're willing to forgive, I want you to see the person or the persons in your hearts, in your, your mind's eye, and I want you to pray with me right now. You ready? Say this with me. Jesus, like you forgave me, I forgive them. Jesus, like you showed mercy towards me, I show mercy towards them. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I believe that's a great beginning. And you just continue to walk that out. Now with your head down, eyes shut. If you're here today and you've walked away from Jesus or maybe you've never met Jesus. You know, the Bible says no one comes to the Father unless he's drawn. If you're being drawn by God today, if you're online and you're being drawn by God, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus died for all of our sins. He died for all of our bitterness. He died for all of our all of our weaknesses. He died for all. He was beat for our, 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 our diseases. By his stripes we're healed. If you don't know Jesus today, I want to pray with you to, re, to receive him. If you're in here this, this afternoon and you don't know him and you want a relationship with him, I just want you to raise your hand just right where you are, just saying, J.O., I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here today that would like to begin that relationship. I don't see any hands. Maybe you're online, and I believe it's very simple in receiving Jesus. You believe, and you confess, and you receive. And so today, if you're there or even in this room, I want to pray with you to believe and to receive Christ. Say this with me, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to my heart I ask that you would forgive me of every sin that I've committed and I surrender today to you everything that I am and all that I've done Jesus today I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior in Jesus name I belong to you Jesus thank you for loving me and saving me. Amen. Would you put your hands together for Jesus today?